0: Hello again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD, and I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. We are back for Play Radio Sex Therapy, and we're going to answer your questions today.
1: My questions? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Adam, no, they're I've not already my...
0: answered all your questions. Oh,
1: you, you have. You've answered that and more questions I didn't even know I asked. Yeah. Uh, but we're right. talking about listener questions.
0: Yes, yes, and we've got a bunch. We've got a bunch. So let's try to get through them.
1: What are we starting with? Okay.
0: Uh, hi. Hi. I would love to hear you guys talk about how to have good sex with a woman who has a super hard time having an orgasm or can't have an orgasm with a guy. How can men still make the experience awesome and satisfying without putting pressure on the woman to orgasm or to be disappointed when she doesn't? I know so many older women in their 40s. Is older really in their 40s? Come on, guys. In this situation. Okay. So talk about foreplay. Talk about foreplay. <laughs> foreplay? Is that, a, I is, mean, is that one of the solutions like you would put in there?
1: Yes, yeah.
0: yes. First of all, like putting pressure on her to orgasm with him. So, mm-hmm. right, I mean, I think what yeah. he's saying or she's saying here is that she's not orgasming through sexual intercourse. All of y'all know, if you've been listening, only 15% of all women do that. 15%, or can do that. 15% of women have orgasms through sexual intercourse. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I think that, it's being present. Mm. You know, I, I think women often say, right, I think it's Meredith Chivers, the researcher, who says that for women, being desired is the orgasm. Yeah. You know, like when she feels his desire for her and his excitement about her, that can be very, very exciting.
1: And about her specifically, right? Yeah, not about a, her specifically. Not, not about just about sex. Getting it. Right, but just about her specifically, that, yeah. he, that he wants to be with her.
0: Yeah. And she's the turn on.
1: Yeah. I know what he's saying here, like that the awesome and satisfying part, how can I get this experience to be awesome and satisfying? But I think like when that is the goal, like you stop being present when that's the goal, that's when the pressure comes in Yeah, because you start saying it has to be at this level rather than being present and accepting what is happening, that whatever happens is going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. you can just say, just getting to be with you is awesome I recognize what he's saying like I don't want to diminish that um, he wants to have good sex he wants to have great sex yeah and I mean
0: certainly if your partner never orgasms yeah. there would that would be hard because you never sort of have that satisfaction of them being completely satisfied and I understand that but yeah, like I have a client right now who does not orgasm a woman client and and that that is off the table right now she doesn't want to work on that she mm. enjoys sex she wants other things to happen. You know, she wants him to be into her. She wants him to desire her and to show that in a more uninhibited way. Right. So that's like more important to her right now than reaching orgasm. And I know that's incomprehensible to men, Mm. but it's like, you know, he's got to take her at her word.
1: Well, I think for the guy that wrote this question, I would wonder if he's actually asked her if she wants to orgasm. The, mm-hmm. What you what you're saying? If this is if that's an important part of the sexual encounter to her,
0: that's funny. I think it's a woman who wrote this. I, I don't know. I guess we do know who wrote this, but anyway, I, I because because they're saying I know so many other older women in this situation. I don't know. Anyway, okay, go ahead, Adam. You think it's a guy who wrote this, and you I, were going to say
1: <laughs> just because the the emphasis is on orgasm, so I I assumed
0: <laughs>
1: I, I I made an assumption. Maybe yeah, that's yeah. a bad assumption. Because we, I mean, we talk about this all the time. I mean, if that's if that's the goal, if orgasm is the goal every time, it, it's a difficult goal to put on sex. Yeah, a lot of times, especially when only fifteen percent of women do that and with then, sexual
0: intercourse. I mean, they hundred percent can with clitoral stimulation. Yeah.
1: So what you're Basically. right, and are you taking enough time? Right. Yes. Are you? What is it? Forty-five minutes? Right. Yes. Forty-five minutes. Is it direct stimulation? Yeah, right, no, 45, it's
0: it's like forty five minutes soup to nuts, right? Soup. You know where <laughs> where she is relaxed, being touched, being caressed, right. and then about twenty minutes of clitoral stimulation for yeah. her to reach orgasm.
1: Yeah, so I mean, so are they you taking enough time? Are you yeah. giving? and this is something. This is maybe give a, her oral sex. This, I mean,
0: you know, I mean, make it good for her. Make it pleasurable.
1: This may be a soapbox that I have, but I find that one of the chief enemies of good relationships these days is the busyness of couples Mm. right and how you gotta
0: curate your life bud i curate that is the word
1: right less busy less busy cutting things out like people just don't so when you talk about 45 minutes for orgasm to happen for a woman i would wonder how many couples are actually giving themselves enough time for that to actually happen Right? right, In part because I think maybe we just we continue to want sex to just be this spontaneous act that happens, but we never have time for it. So it's never going to spontaneously happen if we never have time for it, if we're running here and there all over the place. So being able to do that, I think one of the ways that you help in this situation is just making sure that you have plenty of time um, yeah. for foreplay, for, for all of the things that we've talked about. I,
0: I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I made dinner for a bunch of friends and one of the guys was like this meat and potatoes has to be on the table at five and I felt all this pressure because we were running behind and then another friend came in and said hey just take your time girl and I'm like you know that is sexy Mm -hmm. you know just that that sense of just come at it at your own pace take Mm -hmm. your time relax it's fine we're all together it's good we
1: ain't in no rush yeah
0: I mean that that kind of attitude I think is good and and caring about you know arousing her I mean I cannot overstate the way women respond to being told they're beautiful Mm -hmm. being told that their bodies are beautiful that you enjoy their body that is you know hot Uh stuff
1: Yeah, to be disappointed when she doesn't. Part of this question,
0: it's not a reflection of you, probably. Uh, It's depersonalization.
1: Depersonalizing it, right?
0: I mean, if this is like an achievement that you're trying to get there, that that is going to put pressure on it.
1: Hmm. You know, so would you say that's for either? You know, we were talking about if if this was written by a man or a woman. Is it for either gender? Like, if I if the man is putting pressure on her to orgasm or if she's putting pressure on herself to orgasm yeah or right? if she's
0: putting pressure on him to orgasm i mean right because sometimes men don't orgasm either
1: right yeah. so i mean that 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 kind of again that holding of orgasm is the as the ultimate um, mm-hmm. As the as the only way to ex- have a good, successful, enjoyable sexual mm-hmm. experience is for orgasm to happen. Mm-hmm. Shifting that narrative, yeah, shifting that belief that you can still have an enjoyable time together just by being present and being right. connected to each and, other. And
0: again, I think for women, it's you know being desired and foreplay is sex. I mean, mm-hmm. they they like that. That's touching. That's that is sex. It isn't necessarily sexual intercourse, and it isn't necessarily orgasm. Mm-hmm. You know, like if a woman wants to have a quickie and she just wants to have sexual intercourse, but she doesn't want to have an orgasm, it's like, dude, take her up on that. That's that's a gift. Okay, let's go on. Question number two.
1: Question number two. I'm a huge fan of your podcast. Thanks. Awesome. I was wondering if you have any good resource recommendations on female sexual confidence and sexual identity. Um, I just listened to your podcast on sex and self-confidence. I'm self-confident in all aspects of life, including body image, except when it comes to the realm of the idea of inviting a third person sexually with my fiance. He's comfortable with the idea, and I'm having trouble understanding why I'm not any help would be greatly appreciated.
0: Whoa, that this like took a turn here? I mean, this was this was not what I expected. Like, I'm not sure how the invitation of a third party is about sexual confidence or not.
1: Um, well, I mean, that's that was my first thought. It, does being comfortable with that equal sexual confidence? I, I would say no.
0: Yeah, I would right. say no too. That that's, I mean,
1: that being comfortable with that is not is not an indication of sexual confidence. It's an indication of your sexual boundaries. Right. Right. right.
0: I mean. People try all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, You know, I I had a couple come in who tried a third party. And, I mean, it was absolute utter disaster. So, I I mean, you know, we're talking about monogamy. And, you know, this couple was not in a pledged monogamous relationship. So for them it wasn't an issue of morality or of breaking of the boundaries. But Mm -hmm. even still, what they hadn't counted on was – the lust of their partner for the other, the enjoyment of the sex for the Mm -hmm. other. They hadn't counted on having sexual jealousy. It just it unleashed kind of Pandora's box.
1: Yeah, and I think this is, we've talked about this a couple episodes ago um, about the idea of what we're okay with and what we're not okay with. Mm -hmm. And the idea that I think part of what we have to be aware of is that we don't have to be okay with everything right to, to feel good about sex to have um, good sexual confidence to have good sexual energy to have a good sexual relationship with our partner doesn't mean that we are okay with it that, that we have no sexual boundaries mm-hmm. right and so I think in part it's like, like she's
0: saying sexual confidence is I trust that my partner will be still all mine if we do this like I don't know. That that's yeah, different.
1: I'm, I mean, I think that, that's. I think I would want to know from her what what she means by sexual confidence. Yeah. And what she means by sexual identity, but I mean, I think mm-hmm. knowing knowing they just don't the two things don't really equate to be the same thing. I think is what we're saying, right? Yeah,
0: I think so. Yeah. I mean, threesomes like great fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Well. Way better kept in fantasy than reality, and you know, because I think it, you know, it is problematic for yeah. the. Fidelity of the couple, and for what, and I just don't think people count the costs before they do it. Yeah. You know, uh, just like it can, it can create a lot of problems.
1: You know, Brene Brown says something about boundaries that I think is true for sexual boundaries as well. Is that people that are the most boundaryed are also the most open. They're the right? most free, in and they're, some they're ways, the right? most freer, which mm-hmm. translates to confidence, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that this that's true here as well. Like knowing what your sexual boundaries are, that is confidence. Yeah. Right? And that is like and that you being able to say, "Hey, you're comfortable with yourself and saying this is what I like, this is what I don't like, this is what I'm okay with, this is not what I'm okay with," right? Is that is the the heart of confidence. And that's the heart of sexual confidence and I think when you're able to say that clearly and be be accepting of yourself in that then that's even better. I, I would wonder if she feels like if she doesn't say yes to this, that that's a threat to the relationship. Well, that, you know? that's
0: that's manipulation then, right? Yeah. Like if we say I'm going to leave you if you don't want to do the crazy thing I want to do. Um,
1: but he may not even be saying that though. He may not. He may. He may, I may mean, just he, be
0: saying this is this seems really hot. And do she you do this. And
1: the interpretation is is the threat. The interpretation yeah. that yeah, he may not if I don't if I don't do this then he's gonna he's gonna walk or he's not gonna be happy or he's not gonna be pleased. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe her own stuff there. So that's that's why I say like, know your boundaries.
0: Yep, it's okay. Be
1: confident. They're good. Okay,
0: foreplay, radio, sex therapy. Thank you so much to all our Patreon supporters, right? Yeah.
1: Patreon is a platform where you can directly support things that you love. We really want to expand the resources that we can be able to provide right. to you as our listeners. If
0: you know our work touches you and our work helps you, we would be so grateful for your support. Just go to our website, foreplayrst.com, and there you can find a way to support us, and you can see our episodes and our blogs. And thank you so much, guys.
2: Speaking with Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson from Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Lori, what is an intensive?
0: So an intensive is 12 to 14 hours of therapy all in one weekend. And it's a way to really make fast progress compared to weekly therapy. I mean, there's just so much more you can get done when you have a chunk of
2: time. Overcome the challenges in your relationship and your sex life. Learn more about intensives and Awakening Center's other services at awakenloveandsex.com. At Matthew's Counseling, we believe it is
1: our job to come alongside you in whatever difficult challenges of life you are in and help you rediscover hope and to find the strength that you have to face those challenges. We strive to create a safe and comfortable place for you to explore who you want to be and identify the obstacles standing in your way. Oftentimes, the first step toward finding help is the hardest, but it can also be the bravest. Give us a call at 919-587-8018. Find us online at Matthew's Counseling. Net. We look forward to working with you.
0: Okay, we've got another question that comes from the Pacific Northwest. And this is a young couple. They're in their 30s. Basically, they have tried couples therapy, but the couples therapist, for whatever reason, did not touch on sex. Oh, that cr- makes me crazy. But... Okay, the woman is writing and she says, you know, I have prior trauma, an unstable childhood. I had a father who made sexual comments about everything and was addicted to pornography. I have no libido, little desire, no fantasies, but I love my husband's touch and companionship. He grew up in a very conservative Christian home where sex was not discussed. I was his first partner. He has a high libido, sexual fantasies and a lot of frustration. Okay, I need to figure out how this all fits together, how to fix it. I want to have sex. I want my husband to feel loved. I'm in a desperate need of a sex therapist. Please help. Yes. Okay, yes, you are in desperate need of a sex therapist. We probably can't do you total justice here on a quick Q&A, but let's get to this. Um, I think the first thing I see is that sex got entwined, right, with her father. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like... Weirdly, when your parent has poor boundaries, uh, basically it's an incestuous boundary crossing, right? You don't actually tell your kids sex jokes and stuff like that when they're young. You know, that's inappropriate. And she also knew that he was watching pornography, another boundary crossing. You know, somehow or another, it became a threat to her. And my sense is that then her own arousal or her own libido is a threat. So she has to repress it in order to be not incestuously involved with her father. And hey. I'm not talking literal. I'm talking yeah. about, like, in her mind.
1: Yeah, it's all, it's all tangled up together. Her ideas about sex, about herself, can, is, are right now is not separated from her ideas about sex as it relates to her father and, mm-hmm. to, and to what he did and to the, mm-hmm. those boundary crosses that you're talking about that – Right. Yeah it's so all that, it's just all tangled up together. Yeah
0: it is. And and so she basically this is libido in a woman I think that is obscured by childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. You know that this is too much and so so I would say to you that probably if you can do some work on untangling your childhood issues with sex what you'll find is an emergent sexual desire for your partner where it becomes a good healthy thing instead of really contorted into this bad thing, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, this, this bad thing that happened in your childhood. And so,
1: yeah, a lot of times I think people that when they know that they're, that they have trauma, like that's mm -hmm. one of the first things, even impossibly, I, I think you, if I remember right and how you feel about this may feel a little differently than I do about this, but I think that's has to happen first, um, or at, at most concurrently. Uh, with with what the individual work that you do to work through those traumas to work through issues that like this that emerge out of childhood that are clearly connected to each other to be able to form um, to be able to untangle all that mess to separate that and and to have to be clear thinking when you go into the couple's relationship well, is important. I think, I think.
0: the re- you're right. I don't think it, it should be done first. I think it needs to be done concurrently because otherwise you're asking him to wait, right? He's already frustrated. Mm-hmm. So we're going to say, okay, go wait a couple years while she straightens out her trauma before y'all have great sex. And and that could kill the marriage. Mm-hmm. So I, I want him to be empathically involved. I mean, I would hope for a couples therapist that is doing attachment work mm-hmm. that, you know, EFT, Emotionally Focused Therapy, you need to get a hold of that organization in your area. Somebody who really holds both couples' needs at the same time and helps you turn toward each other and figure it out. And with trauma, I mean, he needs to understand her trauma. I mean, that's that's healing. When he's brought in on the trauma of what she went through and how she felt about it, he's he'll be much more merciful about why she's resisting that he he will depersonalize it that it's not about her rejecting him. And then his softness and care and empathy Actually becomes an inducement for her to be sexual with him. I mean, it, it all works together.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I, th- I think that to me, the the just slight difference is just working, is just taking understanding that your thoughts about sex and your feelings about sex are all that it's with. It's held within you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's that stuff that we've talked about between people in mm-hmm. in a relationship. But when she's talking here, like there has to be some work that's done on those those childhood oh yeah issues right yeah and um, and
0: maybe yes that could be individual but clearly the 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 relationship is already frustrated so yeah. they need to have help together yeah
1: and i think she says she says two things here that i think are a little she says she has no libido little desire no fantasies but i love my husband's i love my husband's touch and i want to want sex i think those like i would say it's not that she has zero Right. desire no, or no. zero libido or zero fantasies right when to say those though both of those things those are wanting touch right is is libido wanting wanting to want sex i think is a move toward in that direction um so i don't i would say that i don't think it's it, it is that her tank is fully at zero, I think she's perceiving I, I it. I think she's perceiving it as yeah. at zero.
0: maybe she's in comparison to yes. his desire also wanting to want sex, I mean a lot of women want sex when they're having sex. Mm-hmm. so it's not their starting place yeah. it's the it's the middle of the the a moment place it's right. as they're having sex, they want it. so maybe you know he starts touching her, she gets aroused, and then she's like good i I want it now." And then maybe she can loosen up some in terms of talking, you know, being present. I'd say, you know, keep your eyes open. Remember it's yeah. your husband, you know, because that, that sometimes stops the memories from coming, right? When you close your eyes, memories can be more intrusive. Mm-hmm. And even if it's just remembering walking in and your father using porn or masturbating or something, ugh. You know, keep your eyes open so that you're with your husband. You know, try to... To deal with those kinds of intrusive memories through mindfulness, you know, being very present. I like this new mindfulness thing I'm doing. I'm breathing through my feet. I found it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally cool. Take a breath in and just feel the air come in your feet. Mm hmm. Take blow it out and you feel the air X at your feet. It, you can do it anywhere and it's like like an instant de-stressor, like in an anxious situation. I've done it in session with couples who are in high conflict. Mm-hmm. You know, every once in a while I just start breathing through my feet and I'm like, ooh, instant calm. And it's it's a way to deal with intrusion, mm-hmm. obsessive compulsive kinds of intrusive yeah. thoughts. Yeah.
1: I feel like that's I feel like that's a smooth jazz album called Breathing Through Breathing Through Your Feet. <laughs> OK, do your thing. Do your thing. Do your <laughs> no, rap thing, no, Adam. Come on. Come on. Okay, I refuse. OK, OK. Let's the, get it go. OK. We've the, been told we need to go on. <laughs> the other part to this, too, is that he has issues he's probably going to need to work through from his childhood as well. Yeah, and, no kidding. Um,
0: very conservative Christian family. So
1: the religion, any sex kind of. Sex re- is
0: not discussed.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there's going to be stuff. His ideas about sex. His adult ideas about sex are going to be tied to some of that as well that were right. formed growing up in that because um, what we environment.
0: don't what we don't talk about is shameful.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right?
0: So it gives a message that somehow or another this part of their life is shameful.
1: Yeah, the religious part is not the, is not the shame. Like the that's not the it's the ideas about sex that emerged from a religious upbringing. Yeah. that can kind of maybe be hindrance in their relationship. Mm-hmm. So being able to examine that and understand that on his side as well, um, when she talks about how this all fits together. Like, that's going to be important as well for them mm-hmm. to explore. Um, mm-hmm. it, it it sounds like she is feeling like it's all on her, right, because she's the low-desire partner, but it's really they both need to work on their upbringing about sex, the messages that they heard, and sharing that with each other so they can understand more yeah. about how they're interacting I mean, they, with each they other. they got a lot
0: of work. They're young. You know, they've only been married like 10 years. This is so workable. This mm-hmm. is totally workable. I just encourage you, get with a sex therapist, get with a couples therapist who knows something you know, about attachment.
1: Mm-hmm. Number four. This is interesting. I ain't going to lie. Um, <laughs> all right. Adam. I, <laughs> I have Woo-hoo, a happy marriage of over 20 years, but I have lately had some distress. These days, many women wear leggings and yoga pants out in public, and I find them incredibly sexy. Doesn't uh, everybody. I, I, <laughs> uh, sometimes okay. I will even excuse myself at a restaurant to, um, well, to masturbate as I am so aroused. So this is not all men, ladies. Not everyone does this. Uh, So to the questions. Am I a freak? How can I control this? Is this a fetish? First of all, I don't – I would say not a freak, but something you might – that needs to be managed a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, I think this is
0: like – well, I'm not a guy, but I – and I imagine it's very arousing to see women all over the place in, you know, yoga pants. And, I mean, no kidding, they – shows off her form, her her – Great backside, her ass—it's good, you know. But if it arouses you to the point where you got to go masturbate in a restaurant, that to me probably does border on fetish. Yeah, you know, and a fetish is often not about a person; mm-hmm. it's about objectifying a part, which yeah. is really different. So, yeah, I mean, it, it could—it could be. I'm not saying it's freakish, but there's something here that is different than what I think most men enjoy about seeing yoga pants everywhere. Yeah, I think the, the ability to yoga say pants, that's, attra-
1: that's attractive versus I can't control this. I have to go yeah. do something is, is a little bit, especially in public. Um, right. Is a little bit over that line of where you need to kind of rein that back in. Yeah. Just you need bit.
0: to think about that. Yeah. Or I don't know if it's raining it in so much as exploring what is going on with you.
1: Oh yeah. That's a better way you to put it for sure.
0: Like really analyzing this and seeing what what
1: it is. Uh, The how do I control this part? I mean, I think that's where that's what you're talking about. Yeah, Yeah, that's the answer to that question is exploring what this really means. What's the function of of what's happening there? That may be some individual therapy that just may be figuring out what's that mean? What what's the meaning of that? Like, why is it? Why is it at that kind of level for you?
0: Yeah. And I I mean, this person says he's been married for 20 years and he's just lately had distress. I mean, people who Have fetishes. What I would ask you is to be really honest with yourself. Have Mm -hmm. there been other things that have aroused you in this sort of way? I mean, it isn't just suddenly women are wearing yoga pants and you can't, you know, Mm -hmm. control your own sense of desire. Fetishes come from a different part of the self. So I I would say probably you need to do some work to see if, you know, what else has happened uh, inside and how you've responded to other things too.
1: And what's changed? If it's lately when it started.
0: Yoga pants have been around. for Yeah, a while. <laughs> what, I mean,
1: just what what changed in Ten life? Years at least, come on. Yeah, but what what changed in life for you? Was Was there new anxieties that were created in other places where they weren't before? Mm-hmm. Is there any kind of loss there? And and is he able to talk about it with his uh, with his spouse? If he's been married for twenty years, has he mentioned this to his partner? Has he Has he explored it with her? It, or is it something that is is a shameful side that he has it mm-hmm. that he's kept from her? That's That's secret.
0: Right this doesn't feel like something that is about desire you know Mm -hmm. I mean it'd be different if he were 18 and saying you know I I went to the grocery store and saw all these women in yoga pants and I came home and masturbated I mean that's different this is a guy who's been married for 20 years so he's you know minimally 40s 50s and, and suddenly you know having an issue that there's something going on yep I mean we're We think it's sexy. We get that. (laughs) Right? Right. Right. Okay. All
2: right, everybody. Thanks for (laughs) writing in. Keep those emails coming.
0: Thank you. This is 4Play Radio Sex Therapy.
2: You can now call in your questions to the Foreplay play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY4PLAY. That's 833, the number 4, PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes.
0: Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. play We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much.
2: All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor.